Section 11 of Reflections on the Revolution in France. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reflections on the Revolution in France and on the proceedings in certain societies in London relative to that event in a letter intended to have been sent to a gentleman in Paris, 1790, by Edmund Burke. Section 11 it is impossible to avoid some observation on the contradictions caused by the extreme rigor and the extreme laxity of this new public faith which influenced in this transaction and which influenced not according to the nature of the obligation but to the description of the persons to whom it was engaged no acts of the old government of the kings of france are held valid in the national assembly except its pecuniary engagements acts of all others of the most ambiguous legality the rest of the acts of that royal government are considered in so odious a light that to have a claim under its authority is looked on as a sort of crime a pension given as a reward for service to the state is surely as good a ground of property as any security for money advanced to the state it is a better for money is paid and well paid to obtain that service we have however seen multitudes of people under this description in france who never had been deprived of their allowances by the most arbitrary ministers in the most arbitrary times by this assembly of the rights of men robbed without mercy they were told in answer to their claim to the bread earned with their blood that their services had not been rendered to the country that now exists this laxity of public faith is not confined to those unfortunate persons the assembly with perfect consistency it must be owned is engaged in a respectable deliberation how far it is bound by the treaties made with other nations under the former government and their committee is to report which of them they ought to ratify and which not by this means they have put the external fidelity of this virgin state on a par with its internal it is not easy to conceive upon what rational principle the royal government should not of the two rather have possessed the power of rewarding service and making treaties in virtue of its prerogative than that of pledging to creditors the revenue of the state actual and possible the treasure of the nation of all things has been the least allowed to the prerogative of the king of france or to the prerogative of any king in europe to mortgage the public revenue implies the sovereign dominion in the fullest sense over the public purse it goes far beyond the trust even of a temporary and occasional taxation the acts however of that dangerous power the distinctive mark of a boundless despotism have been alone held sacred whence arose this preference given by a democratic assembly to a body of property deriving its title from the most critical and obnoxious of all the exertions of monarchical authority reason can furnish nothing to reconcile inconsistency nor can partial favor be accounted for upon equitable principles but the contradiction and partiality which admit no justification are not the less without an adequate cause and that cause i do not think it difficult to discover by the vast debt of france a great moneyed interest has insensibly grown up and with it a great power by the ancient usages which prevailed in that kingdom 
the general circulation of property and in particular the mutual convertibility of land into money and of money into land had always been a matter of difficulty family settlements rather more general and more strict than they are in england the jus retractus the great mass of landed property held by the crown and by a maxim of the french law held unalienably the vast estates of the ecclesiastic corporations all these had kept the landed and moneyed interests more separated in france less miscable and the owners of the two distinct species of property not so well disposed to each other as they are in this country the moneyed property was long looked on with rather an evil eye by the people they saw it connected with their distresses and aggravating them it was no less envied by the old landed interests partly for the same reasons that rendered it obnoxious to the people but much more so as it eclipsed by the splendor of an ostentatious luxury the unendowed pedigrees and naked titles of several among the nobility even when the nobility which represented the more permanent landed interest united themselves by marriage which sometimes was the case with the other description the wealth which saved the family from ruin was supposed to contaminate and degrade it thus the enmities and heart-burnings of these parties were increased even by the usual means by which discord is made to cease and quarrels are turned into friendship in the meantime the pride of the wealthy men not noble or newly noble increased with its cause they felt with resentment an inferiority the grounds of which they did not acknowledge there was no measure to which they were not willing to lend themselves in order to be revenged of the outrages of this rival pride and to exalt their wealth to what they considered as its natural rank and estimation they struck at the nobility through the crown and the church they attacked them particularly on the side on which they thought them the most vulnerable that is the possessions of the church which through the patronage of the crown generally devolved upon the nobility the bishoprics and the great commendatory abbeys were with few exceptions held by that order in this state of real though not always perceived warfare between the noble ancient landed interest and the new moneyed interest the greatest because the most applicable strength was in the hands of the latter the moneyed interest is in its nature more ready for any adventure and its possessors more disposed to new enterprises of any kind being of a recent acquisition it falls in more naturally with any novelties it is therefore the kind of wealth which will be resorted to by all who wish for change along with the moneyed interest a new description of men had grown up with whom that interest soon formed a close and marked union i mean the political men of letters men of letters fond of distinguishing themselves are rarely averse to innovation since the decline of the life and greatness of louis the fourteenth they were not so much cultivated either by him or by the regent or the successors to the crown nor were they engaged to the court by favors and emoluments so systematically as during the splendid period of that ostentatious and not impolitic reign what they lost in the old court protection they endeavored to make up by joining in a sort of incorporation of their own to which the two academies of france and afterwards the vast undertaking of the encyclopedia carried on by a society of these gentlemen did not a little contribute the literary cabal 
had some years ago formed something like a regular plan for the destruction of the christian religion this object they pursued with a degree of zeal which hitherto had been discovered only in the propagators of some system of piety they were possessed with a spirit of proselytism in the most fanatical degree and from thence by an easy progress with the spirit of persecution according to their means what was not to be done towards their great end by any direct or immediate act might be wrought by a longer process through the medium of opinion to command that opinion the first step is to establish a dominion over those who direct it they contrived to possess themselves with great method and perseverance of all the avenues to literary fame many of them indeed stood high in the ranks of literature and science the world had done them justice and in favor of general talents forgave the evil tendency of their peculiar principles this was true liberality which they returned by endeavoring to confine the reputation of sense learning and taste to themselves or their followers i will venture to say that this narrow exclusive spirit has not been less prejudicial to literature and to taste than to morals and true philosophy these atheistical fathers have a bigotry of their own and they have learnt to talk against monks with the spirit of a monk but in some things they are men of the world the resources of intrigue are called in to supply the defects of argument and wit to this system of literary monopoly was joined an unremitting industry to blacken and discredit in every way and by every means all those who did not hold to their faction to those who have observed the spirit of their conduct it has long been clear that nothing was wanted but the power of carrying the intolerance of the tongue and of the pen into a persecution which would strike at property liberty and life the desultory and faint persecution carried on against them more from compliance with form and decency than with serious resentment neither weakened their strength nor relaxed their efforts the issue of the whole was that what with opposition and what with success a violent and malignant zeal of a kind hitherto unknown in the world had taken an entire possession of their minds and rendered their whole conversation which otherwise would have been pleasing and instructive perfectly disgusting a spirit of cabal intrigue and proselytism pervaded all their thoughts words and actions and as controversial zeal soon turns its thoughts on force they began to insinuate themselves into a correspondence with foreign princes in hopes through their authority which at first they flattered they might bring about the changes they had in view to them it was indifferent whether these changes were to be accomplished by the thunderbolt of despotism or by the earthquake of popular commotion the correspondence between this cabal and the late king of prussia will throw no small light upon the spirit of all their proceedings footnote i do not choose to shock the feeling of the moral reader with any quotation of their vulgar base and profane language End of footnote. for the same purpose for which they intrigued with princes they cultivated in a distinguished manner the moneyed interest of france and partly through the means furnished by those whose peculiar offices gave them the most extensive and certain means of communication they carefully occupied all the avenues to opinion writers especially when they act in a body and with one direction 
have great influence on the public mind the alliance therefore of these writers with the moneyed interest footnote their connection with turgot and almost all the people of the finance and a footnote had no small effect in removing the popular odium and envy which attended that species of wealth these writers like the propagators of all novelties pretended to a great zeal for the poor and the lower orders whilst in their satires they rendered hateful by every exaggeration the faults of courts of nobility and of priesthood they became a sort of demagogue they served as a link to unite in favor of one object obnoxious wealth to restless and desperate poverty as these two kinds of men appear principal leaders in all the late transactions their junction and politics will serve to account not upon any principles of law or of policy but as a cause for the general fury with which all the landed property of ecclesiastical corporations has been attacked and the great care which contrary to their pretended principles has been taken of a moneyed interest originating from the authority of the crown all the envy against wealth and power was artificially directed against other descriptions of riches on what other principle than that which i have stated can we account for an appearance so extraordinary and unnatural as that of the ecclesiastical possessions which had stood so many successions of ages and shocks of civil violences and were guarded at once by justice and by prejudice being applied to the payment of debts comparatively recent invidious and contracted by a decried and subverted government was the public estate a sufficient stake for the public debts assume that it was not and that a loss must be incurred somewhere when the only estate lawfully possessed and which the contracting parties had in contemplation at the time in which their bargain was made happens to fail who according to the principles of natural and legal equity ought to be the sufferer certainly it ought to be either the party who trusted or the party who persuaded him to trust or both and not third parties who had no concern with the transaction upon any insolvency they ought to suffer who were weak enough to lend upon bad security or they who fraudulently held out a security that was not valid laws are acquainted with no other rules of decision but by the new institute of the rights of men the only persons who in equity ought to suffer are the only persons who are to be saved harmless those are to answer the debt who neither were lenders nor borrowers mortgagers nor mortgagees what have the clergy to do with these transactions what have they to do with any public engagement further than the extent of their own debt to that to be sure their estates were bound to the last acre nothing can lead more to the true spirit of the assembly which sits for public confiscation with its new equity and its new morality than an attention to their proceeding with regard to this debt of the clergy the body of confiscators true to that moneyed interest for which they were false to every other have found the clergy competent to incur a legal debt of course they declared them legally entitled to the property which their power of incurring the debt and mortgaging the estate implied recognizing the rights of those persecuted citizens in the very act in which they were thus grossly violated if as i said any persons are to make good deficiencies to the public creditor besides the public at large they must be those who managed the agreement 
why therefore are not the estates of all the comptrollers general confiscated footnote all have been confiscated in their turn End of footnote. why not those of the long succession of ministers financiers and bankers who have been enriched whilst the nation was impoverished by their dealings and their counsels why is not the estate of monsieur laborde declared forfeited rather than of the archbishop of paris who has had nothing to do in the creation or in the jobbing of the public funds or if you must confiscate old landed estates in favor of the money jobbers why is the penalty confined to one description i do not know whether the expenses of the duc de choiseul have left anything of the infinite sums which he had derived from the bounty of his master during the transactions of a reign which contributed largely by every species of prodigality in war and peace to the present debt of france if any such remains why is not this confiscated i remember to have been in paris during the time of the old government i was there just after the duc de Aguillon had been snatched as it was generally thought from the block by the hand of a protecting despotism he was a minister and had some concern in the affairs of the prodigal period why do i not see his estate delivered up to the municipalities in which it is situated the noble family of noailles have long been servants meritorious servants i admit to the crown of france and have had of course some share in its bounties why do i hear nothing of the application of their estates to the public debt why is the estate of the duc de rochefoucauld more sacred than that of the cardinal de rochefoucauld the former is i doubt not a worthy person and if it were not a sort of profaneness to talk of the use as affecting the title to property he makes a good use of his revenues but it is no disrespect to him to say what authentic information well warrants me in saying that the use made of a property equally valid by his brother the cardinal archbishop of rouen was far more laudable and far more public-spirited not his brother nor any near relation but this mistake does not affect the argument End of footnote. can one hear of the proscription of such persons and the confiscation of their effects without indignation and horror he is not a man who does not feel such emotions on such occasions he does not deserve the name of a free man who will not express them few barbarous conquerors have ever made so terrible a revolution in property none of the heads of the roman factions when they established crudelum illum hostum in all their auctions of rapine have ever set up to sale the goods of the conquered citizen to such an enormous amount it must be allowed in favor of those tyrants of antiquity that what was done by them could hardly be said to be done in cold blood their passions were inflamed their tempers soured their understandings confused with the spirit of revenge with the innumerable reciprocated and recent inflictions and retaliations of blood and rapine they were driven beyond all bounds of moderation by the apprehension of the return of power with the return of property to the families of those they had injured beyond all hope of forgiveness these roman confiscators who were yet only in the elements of tyranny and were not instructed in the rights of men to exercise all sorts of cruelties on each other without provocation thought it necessary to spread a sort of color over their injustice 
they considered the vanquished party as composed of traitors who had borne arms or otherwise had acted with hostility against the commonwealth they regarded them as persons who had forfeited their property by their crimes with you in your improved state of the human mind there was no such formality you seized upon five million sterling of annual rent and turned forty or fifty thousand human creatures out of their houses because such was your pleasure the tyrant harry the eighth of england as he was not better enlightened than the roman mauricius and silas and had not studied in your new schools did not know what an effectual instrument of despotism was to be found in that grand magazine of offensive weapons the rights of men when he resolved to rob the abbeys as the club of the jacobins have robbed all the ecclesiastics he began by setting on foot a commission to examine into the crimes and abuses which prevailed in those communities as it might be expected his commission reported truths exaggerations and falsehoods but truly or falsely it reported abuses and offences however as abuses might be corrected as every crime of persons does not infer a forfeiture with regard to communities and as property in that dark age was not discovered to be a creature of prejudice all those abuses and there were enough of them were hardly thought sufficient ground for such a confiscation as it was for his purposes to make he therefore procured the formal surrender of these estates all these operos proceedings were adopted by one of the most dedicated tyrants in the rolls of history as necessary preliminaries before he could venture by bribing the members of his two servile houses with a share of the spoil and holding out to them an eternal immunity from taxation to demand a confirmation of his iniquitous proceedings by an act of parliament had fate reserved him to our times four technical terms would have done his business and saved him all this trouble he needed nothing more than one short form of incantation philosophy light liberality and rights of men i can say nothing in praise of those acts of tyranny which no voice has hitherto ever commended under any of their false colours yet in these false colours an homage was paid by despotism to justice the power which was above all fear and all remorse was not set above all shame whilst shame keeps its watch virtue is not wholly extinguished in the heart nor will moderation be utterly exiled from the minds of tyrants i believe every honest man sympathizes in his reflections with our political poet on that occasion and will pray to avert the omen whenever these acts of rapacious despotism present themselves to his view or his imagination may no such storm fall on our times where rain must reform tell me my muse what monstrous dire offence what crime could any christian king incense to such a rage was luxury or lust was he so temperate so chaste so just were these their crimes they were his own much more but wealth is crime enough to him that's poor footnote the rest of the passage is this who having spent the treasures of his crown condemns their luxury to feed his own and yet this act to varnish o'er the shame of sacrilege must bear devotion's name 
no crime so bold but would be understood a real or at least a seeming good who fears not to do ill yet fears the name and free from conscience is a slave to fame thus he the church at once protects and spoils but princes swords are sharper than their styles and thus to the ages past he makes amends their charity destroys their faith defends then did religion in a lazy cell in empty airy contemplations dwell and like the block unmoved lay but ours as much too active like the stork devours is there no temperate region can be known betwixt their frigid and our torrid zone could we not wake from that lethargic dream but to be restless in a worse extreme and for that lethargy was there no care but to be cast into a calenture can knowledge have no bound but must advance so far to make us wish for ignorance and rather in the dark to grope our way than led by a false guide to err by day who sees these dismal heaps but would demand what barbarous invader sacked the land but when he hears no goth no turk did bring this desolation but a christian king when nothing but the name of zeal appears twixt our best actions and the worst of theirs what does he think our sacrilege would spare when such the effects of our devotions are cooper's hill by sir john denham end of footnote and end of section eleven